all the hospitals, bombing all the food stalls, bombing any means they've got of surviving, but then allowing the people to just hang on by a thread. And they tend to keep this going for another year because it's going to take that long to, you know, draw it out so people sort of lose interest in it and think it's just this ongoing war. No, it's a genocide. And that's the plan of the whole thing. But, you know, the politicians are all bought and paid for. If they're not bought and paid for, they don't get the position in first place. So that's what you've got to look at. I mean, this could be an opportunity for all of us to, to call this out and uh, take our countries back because all of our countries are basically supporting a foreign power. They're all supporting Israel. They're all supporting the World Economic Forum. Look <laughs> what's happened with COVID. I mean, right. the World Economic Forum, it's bad enough supporting Israel, which is a foreign power, a foreign country. But supporting the World Economic Forum, this is a foreign corporate body that you're giving away the autonomy of your people in order to support this corporation. This is treason. This is high-level treason by all of our politicians. But most people can't call it out. They're a little bit scared to. They'll go and protest and march in the street, which is all very well. It's great to show solidarity for what's going on in Gaza and to voice your opinion against it, but take it to the next level. If you've been paying attention, you know the global economy is transforming. The BRICS nations want to see the end of the dollar reserve currency, and many countries are joining their effort. The Western banking system is the most fragile it's been since 2008. The highly respected Weiss Research Group accurately provided advance warning on which banks are going to fail with 99.3% accuracy after the 2008 crisis. They are now predicting that a whopping 4,243 banks are vulnerable to failure, and 1,210 of those banks face imminent failure. When this situation comes to pass, it will dwarf the 2008 banking crisis. The only asset that has historically weathered a storm this severe has been precious metals. It has never been a better time to buy gold and silver to protect your family. Contact Miles Franklin at info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me and you will get the best service and the best prices on gold and silver in the country. That is a guarantee from them to me. Remember, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me. Do this now to protect your assets and the ones you love. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall, and I have the great Max Egan coming back to the program. He hasn't been on for about eight years, and I'm telling you, I'm a different person from eight years ago. I've been doing this for over a decade now, and I have learned so much during this process. I think all of us are different people from eight years ago. There's just been so much going on that, you know, I don't know how you can't humble yourself from just everything that's happening. You, you it has to be a um, humbling experience when you're seeing everything going on in the world and just the death and destruction. And so I really like Max. He's just a kind hearted soul. He's going to come on and talk about Gaza and Israel. And this is something that he's going to talk about things that people if you haven't been following him or others who have been trying to cover what's going on in Palestine, you might find some of this stuff um, triggering because you probably haven't heard it. It's been very, very covered up by the mass media, the media, also the propaganda everywhere, all over social media. They're doing everything they can to keep you from seeing what's happening actually in Gaza and in Palestine. I know TikTok has deleted about a million videos and YouTube's been deleting in mass. People are, you know, it's just censorship is incredible. And I, I wrote an article about uh, am I an anti-Semite because I don't 
prove I'm not approving the Gaza massacre. The what did I say exactly? I said, am I an anti am I anti-Semitic for being against the genocide in Gaza? And then I had an extreme amount of people. I mean, I shouldn't say extreme, but for me it is. It was a large amount of comments within an hour. Like in an hour, I had like a hundred comments. And then I've gotten more since. I got a lot of opinions from people. And what I realized that the majority of the people are like me. They they think that the is the innocent Israelis um, that's awful. They shouldn't nothing should have happened. I mean, that's awful. We're against murder all around, but we also see Gaza for what it is. And it's just one big murder spree and it's genocide and people are horrified. And even those who support Israel are horrified. The majority I've had Israeli or I've had Jewish journalists contact me and tell me that the majority of the people in Israel don't support this. And Netanyahu only has 4% approval rating in his own country. I mean, this, this is horrifying. The whole world is seeing what is happening. If they're able to, if they are given the eyes, the videos, and they, they have the eyes to see, and then they also, whether they have access to this information, people who have access to both sides, see it for what it is. People who only have access to one side still might be propagandized, brainwashed, whatever. But there was a interview that a BBC reporter did, and I want to play it here a little bit. And this was a situation where there was a 17-year-old boy who was killed for being too happy after the hostages were released and they killed him. And then the BBC reporter pushed back on the Israel minister and said, what the heck, why is this okay? And you can hear her response and I'm gonna play it right now. We understand that a teenager has been shot. Is this the right way to handle this situation given that tensions are already rising and emotions are already quite high? Well, we're talking about the release of attempted murderers. You call them children, but we're talking about teenagers who stabbed other teenagers. We're talking about... That's teenage- not my question, Deputy Mayor. I, I, I totally I'm and fully understand that they have giving, been accused... I understand, but I, 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 and I, I, if I can, Deputy Mayor, I, Deputy Mayor, I'm just going to interrupt you. I, I'm fully aware, I'm fully aware of... I'm answering the question. Mayor, part of the deal I, I'm was fully aware of what they've been. Part of the deal was that there would be no celebrations. And the reason that these clashes are occurring is because exactly against the deal that there would be no celebrations celebrating the release of attempted murderers in East Jerusalem, in my city, where many people, many of the victims live side by side with the people who try to kill them. Part of the deal was that they would not have these celebrations. And if the clashes are occurring, it's exactly because of that. And we're also hearing the chance of the people deputy mayor deputy mayor i I, i'm just going to i'm just going to interrupt you because absolutely and i've been speaking to israeli officials who have laid out some of the crimes that these people have been accused of as you say they've been accused of all sorts of you know crimes against various different individuals and that's why they are in the prison that's not the point i'm trying to make i'm trying the point i'm trying to make is that they have now been released as part of this deal and yet our camera crews our teams on the ground who were in east jerusalem for example, were not allowed to enter the homes of some of these people who have been released, some of these prisoners, including yesterday uh, when they tried to interview a 17-year-old a boy who was taken away for throwing stones. 
part of the deal, as I repeated and I said earlier, and I will repeat again, was that this wouldn't be a celebration because the release of attempted murders, and when we're talking about a stone, we're talking about boulders that open people's heads. So let's put things in their place. And so part of the deal was that there wouldn't be fanfare around the release of attempted murderers, especially near the towns of the people that they tried to murder. And so if the police are preventing that, it's because it was part of the deal. And so I looked into the deal that she was talking about, and the deal never said that there couldn't be any kind of cheering. Israel decreed that there couldn't be cheering, but the deal never said there couldn't be, people couldn't be happy. And they justified it. They justified killing this 17-year-old boy based on a decree they made that wasn't part of the deal. And I also learned that when hostages were released by the Palestinians, the Israelis, and rightfully so, were happy and they were cheering. But yet they killed a 17-year-old boy for cheering. So, I mean, this, this kind of stuff needs to get out. People need to realize what it is that's happening here. And I'm not saying that anyone should be wiped off the face. I just think that this needs to stop. I mean, the killing needs to stop. So we're going to talk about it. You're going to hear some things that might trigger you. So I'm going to warn you. Um, you're going to hear things that maybe you haven't heard before. And I'm hoping that you just allow yourself to hear it and then do your own research to see if it's true and, and realize that you have been propagandized hardcore. So if you're triggered by this, that means that you probably haven't been exposed to this and it's something that you need to be exposed to. So this is a good interview for that point. And anyways, I like Max. I follow him. I think he's a great, he's a great spirit. And I think you will come to that conclusion as well after listening to this interview. Before I get into it, I got to also tell you about the unique Christmas gifts that I have. It's coming to an end here. We're coming, gosh, it's already in December. It's coming fast. So if you have not gotten your act together yet, which I haven't, I'm not even barely beginning. So if you're like me and you need something interesting and unique to give to people, go to my website at sarahwestall.com under shop and look for unique Christmas gifts. I also have unique prepper gifts just stuff I found that I think is really unique and it helps support my show. And hopefully you will too. And I give you ideas. You can get like a pack of these towels that you can use without water and you can clean without water. It's great to buy a pack and then you can use them in, as stocking stuffers or whatever. There's ways that you can save money as well. And I also, of course, have the meat. I want to keep talking about the meat because it's just absolutely amazing. And I didn't realize how much better it is than its competitors until I actually got it and tasted it. And it's amazing. And for what it is, the price is really affordable. Look at this chart here. You can see it is really priced well for what it is. It's expensive. Meat that's aged 21 days, have no hormones, no antibiotics. It's inherently expensive, but it's a lot cheaper than all of its compet all of their competitors that are even in the ballpark of it. And none of those are age 21 days and clean like this is an American made. So this is this is really accessible to more people. And if you buy packages, you can get uh, ground beef for five fifty a pound. You can get that quality ground beef. That's inexpensive. That's like lower than Sam's Club prices for organic and grass-fed beef. So this is a wonderful opportunity and you can give that as a gift to the people, packs of meat, if you're looking for something. Okay, that being said, sarahwestall.com under shop, look for the link to the unique Christmas gifts. And let's get into this really 
interesting and good and timely conversation with Max Egan. Hi, Max. Welcome back to the show. It's been a long time. It has. It's been a really long time, darling. You're looking really well. It's good to talk to you again and uh, having me on. Well, thank you. I mean, the whole world has gone bananas since I first talked to you. And I'm a different person, I got to say, because I've seen a lot and done a lot since I interviewed you last, which was maybe eight years ago. And so I've been following your work. I'm an admirer of you, admirer of your work, and I've been following it. And I know that Gaza has been kind of the main topic that you've been talking about because it's more personal because you know people in Gaza. Can you talk about some of the things, I have some questions about it, but I want to ask you what you think at a big picture is going on in Gaza and Israel. Well, it's genocide. It's a, it's an excuse for genocide. There's every indication that Israel either staged this attack themselves or they were working with the highest levels of Hamas, who work in, live in Kuwait and you know the, the leaders who aren't involved in what's going on in Gaza on the ground at all. They never go there. You know, either these people colluded to make this happen or Israel staged it themselves. I mean, as soon as it happened, I said, whoever did this wants to see Gaza wiped off the face of the earth because right. that is going to be the only result of this action. But the whole concept of them flying paragliders over the wall and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I've been to Gaza. How do you get paragliders in Gaza? How do you even get parachutes in Gaza? How do you get it? You I was don't. in Gaza. I couldn't get A4 paper and crayons for the children, for God's sake. I was trying to build school desks. I couldn't get nails because they won't let them in. You know, everything that goes into Gaza is tightly controlled. And they say, oh, they got all this Iran-backed stuff. How did Iran get anything in there? The oceans are blockaded. The, the wall around the place, there's only three entrances into Gaza Strip. There's no way any of this stuff can get in there. This is a pretext for genocide. Um, there's a lot of reasons for it. I mean, there's all the gas off the coast. They want to build the Ben-Gurion Canal as well. But mainly it's about genociding the Palestinian people and turning the entire place into Israel. This has been the plan all along, and this has simply provided the excuse to do it. Uh, the whole concept of the hostages, I, I, I debate the whole thing. I don't believe a word that's coming out of Israel. I honestly don't. Uh, this is genocide. It's ethnic cleansing, and the world needs to pay attention. And I've said for many years that the way of Palestine will be the way of the world. This is the greatest moral dilemma that we face. And bear in mind that all of our police go and train with the IDF. You see the tactics that police are using on people in the street now in our own countries. These are the same tactics that they're using against the Palestinians. All of our governments are supporting this. And this is genocide. It's ethnic cleansing. There's, according to official figures, there's been like 8,000 children that I have know. died in the last month. I mean, this is, this is not a war. It takes two armies to have a war. And something else I've been asking is in all the bodies that we're seeing, where's the Hamas militants? Where's the army? Where's all the soldiers that you're seeing killed? Because we're not seeing any. All we're seeing is civilians, children, women, residential buildings destroyed. They're attacking everything, schools, universities, food stalls, hospitals, anything they can target, they're targeting. They tell them to go south and they target them in the south. They tell them to form a, a convoy leaving and they target the convoy. It's just ridiculous. It's ethnic cleansing, and that's the main thing that it's about. But, you know, when you really look at it, I mean, they, they've, they've been trying to push us into World War III for a long time. That's why they're saying it's all Iranian-backed. You notice the new commercial that Trump put out saying that Iran is in the firing line because of all this stuff, because we need to 
protect our beautiful Israel, all the stuff that Trump's been saying. So they're really trying to push us into a, a clash between East and West. If you look at it, um, there's certain Zionist factions that have wanted to put the Christians against the Muslims for a long time, have them kill each other so then they can take over and rule the world. That's basically what's happening. A lot of people won't want to admit that, and I'll get called an anti-Semite for saying it. But it's true. It's what's going on. And even with the migrant influx into Europe, look at the Kalergi plan, the, the uh, initiative to genocide the people of Europe via mass migration. It's the same people. This is a 100-year-old plan. This is what we're seeing in all our countries. And this is all the protest marches that are out they're right around the world, hundreds of thousands of genocide of Gaza. The media is portraying all these marches as being pro-Hamas demonstrators. So they're trying to do this whole, it's the Muslims and the Christians against each other. It's a religious war. It's not a religious war. What's going on in Gaza is not a religious war. It's a political and legal takeover is what's going on. And these people have been fighting this oppression for 75 years. If it's a religious war, Muslims against Jews, well, how come 35% of the population in Gaza is Christian? They're not Muslims against Jews. They just want to live a peaceful life. But it's all been trying to, trying to push it as a religious war and a clash of East against West so that we will destroy our others, we'll, you know, destroy each other, we'll destroy Europe, destroy our own countries from within and then they get to take over. It's been a, an ongoing plan for a long time. All kick-started with 9-11 uh, and uh, culminating in what we're seeing in Gaza. I mean, they tried to get it going a little bit with Ukraine, which was more about laundering money than anything. About It, it was about depopulation of the Ukrainian people and laundering money. And that was running out of steam. They couldn't get Russia to get involved. They couldn't get China or Iran involved. So Gaza, Palestine, this gets the whole world involved because this has been in our face for 75 years. And Iran always said if there's a ground invasion in Gaza, they will attack Israel. Well, they haven't done that because there's about 35 ships parked in a, in a Red Sea and in the Gulf and waiting for this to happen. But uh, it's trying to push us into World War III, darling, and it's about depopulation, same as COVID, same as everything, same as everything they've been doing for the last five or ten years. It's all about depopulation and centralised control. That's what's going on here. Okay, well, the all the protests, from what I've seen, there's some that will be pro-Hamas, but the majority of the people are just wanting the death and the destruction to end, right? And they're spinning mm. it as if it's all anti-Semitic and pro-Hamas. What do you think about the fact that all the politicians are for Israel, literally all of them, except uh, one who was sanctioned and because she was Palestinian and stood up for her own people, what does that say about our country, or at least our politicians? Well, most of the politicians in the U.S. government are dual Israeli citizens. You know, you've got less than 5% of the country in the United States are Jewish. They hold 84% of the political positions in the United States. And they control, they control all the purse strings and they control... I mean, you saw Cynthia McKinney saying like 10, 15 years ago that when yeah. she became a state senator or whatever, was she a senator or whatever she, she was. She was a congresswoman in Georgia, yeah. A congresswoman, yeah, okay. Well, when she, she entered Congress, they came to see her to ask her to sign the paper to say she would support Israel, otherwise she wouldn't get funding and couldn't become a congresswoman. Are you tired of supporting globalist agendas with your hard-earned money? Sick of the impersonal big box store experience? Concerned about the safety of everyday products you use at home? Look no further. The Freedom Buying Club is here to revolutionize the way you shop and live. 
say goodbye to questionable ingredients and harmful chemicals. They provide a carefully curated selection of safe and non-toxic everyday products from fluoride-free toothpaste to safe cleaning supplies. Your health and well-being matter. And my new favorite is their all-natural beef selection. Taste the difference with their premium all-natural beef. Their commitment to quality means you savor every bite with confidence. No hormones, no antibiotics, just pure delicious goodness. And the best part is it's delivered right to your door. Enjoy the convenience of doorstep delivery. No more endless aisles or crowded checkout lines. They bring your selection straight to your home, saving you time and hassle. Join the Freedom Buying Club today and embrace a new era of shopping where you have the power to make choices that align with your values. Take control of your purchases, support local businesses, and prioritize your well-being. Your gateway to independence is just one click away. So I urge you to go to their website at freedombuyingclub.com and you can start your independence today. That's what's wrong with the United States and that's why they're all supporting it. And when you look at all the other countries around the place, look at Europe, the European Union, look at who the heads of the European Union are. They're all staunch Zionist supporters. That's why if you don't support this, then you don't work. You don't work as a politician anymore. You don't keep your position. And all these people are living their lifestyles. They all live to their means. You know, they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. They've got big houses and expenses and servants, and they don't want to lose all that. So they'll just turn a blind eye to it and, and take the check and say, yes, yeah, so, well, Israel has a right to defend itself. Yeah, they do. But so do the Palestinians. Everybody has a right to defend themselves. That's what people don't get through this. And it's it's the slaughter of children that is really getting to people. Like I said, they're bombing everything. They're bombing schools, telling people to go and shelter in the UN school, and then they bomb the UN school using white phosphorus, using everything they can against these people, bombing all the hospitals, bombing all the food stalls, bombing any means they've got of surviving, but then allowing the people to just hang on by a thread. And they intend to keep this going for another year because it's going to take that long to, you know, draw it out so people sort of lose interest in it and think it's just this ongoing war. No, it's a genocide, and that's the plan of the whole thing. But, you know, the politicians are all bought and paid for. If they're not bought and paid for, they don't get the position in first place. So that's what you've got to look at. I mean, this could be an opportunity for all of us to, to call this out and uh, take our countries back because all of our countries are basically supporting a foreign power. They're all supporting Israel. They're all supporting the World Economic Forum. Look <laughs> what's happened with COVID. I mean, right. the World Economic Forum, it's bad enough supporting Israel, which is a foreign power, a foreign country, but supporting the World Economic Forum, this is a foreign corporate body that you're giving away the autonomy of your people in order to support this corporation. This is treason. This is high-level treason by all of our politicians, but most people can't call it out. They're a little bit scared to. They'll go and protest and march in the street, which is all very well. It's great to show solidarity for what's going on in Gaza and to voice your opinion against it, but take it to the next level. I mean, the politicians that are supporting this are supporting war crimes, pure and simple war crimes. So how are they valid? How is the U.S. government still valid when it's supporting war crimes, when it's funding terrorism? Can look at what these, these um, people do, what the IDF do in the West Bank. You know, imagine you're, you're a person in a home, you're sitting there one night, and then suddenly the soldiers arrive. They throw you out of your home and your parents and your grandparents and your children, throw the entire family out on the street. They're homeless. The woman in the house is pretty nice, so four or five of the soldiers rape her, and then they shoot one of the children, and when they've all gone, you find that your youngest child's missing. 
He's been taken to the internment centre and you'll never see him again. And there are no laws, there is no police, there is nothing you can do, no one you can complain to about what just happened to you. And this happens to family after family after family after family in West Bank. This is terrorism in its purest form. This is what our governments are supporting. So rather than going and marching in the street, have your government show cause why they should not be prosecuted for war crimes for supporting the genocide of Palestine because there is no debate that this is a genocide. You can't go out and kill, what, how many, 20,000 people? It's official figures they've killed now. And that figure would be like 40 or 50 or probably even 100,000 if you look at what how many people are probably buried under rubble that have never been accounted for. The official figure is 20,000 people, 8,000 children have been murdered in, in this whole onslaught. It's not acceptable. This isn't a war. And like I said, where's all the where's all the Hamas militants? Where's all the army? It takes two armies to have a war. Gaza has no military. Palestine has no military. There's been and it's supposed to be a war against Hamas. There's been 150 people shot by snipers in West Bank. There's been 120 houses destroyed. There's been three or four thousand people injured in West Bank while this is all going on. That's controlled by the Palestinian Authority, not Hamas. So claiming this is a war against Hamas is simply it, it's not true. This is a war against Palestine. And again, it's not a war. It's ethnic cleansing. And uh, that's that's really the key is for us to call our politicians out as the war criminals that they are. And if we don't do that, if we aren't going to ask them to, you know, petition them and, and protest and say, please call for a ceasefire, no, call for a ceasefire or we're going to throw you out of the building because we're not going to have war criminals running our country because we don't want this coming here. And it will if we leave you in power. And that's been very, very well indicated by your support for this war crime. You've just invalidated yourself. You just invalidated your whole government. So we're going to institute new government because we have a right to do so. That's what needs to happen right around the world, Donna. Well, we have... <laughs> Almost every one of our politicians are for this, but I wrote an article and I and I got a lot of feedback. And what I learned, and probably my audience is probably more right leaning, just because of anybody that's against COVID or kind of against the government is considered a right leaning person. And the majority of my audience was devastated or horrified with what's going on in Gaza. So what it's telling me is that the majority of the people in this country, there's a big rift probably worldwide, where the politicians and the mainstream media, which will never say, tell anybody what's really going on, and the real pe and the people, there's a huge rift. They're losing the people on this issue. Oh, they are. They are. I mean, Israel's really overstepped the mark on this. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if part of this is about bringing out down, uh, about the destruction of Israel as well. I mean, it's kind of outlived its purpose. I mean, even Henry Kissinger, who died yesterday, well, good things do happen sometimes, you know. We've lost yeah, a war was, criminal. Yeah, that was so, a, that uh, was a nice thing to hear about. Yeah, it was a kind of a little heartwarming moment at the end of the day. But um, even Henry Kissinger said, in in ten years from now, Israel will cease to exist. And that was about twelve years ago. So, hmm. and you think about it. I mean, what they've just done in Ukraine—they've depopulated Ukraine. You've got massive amounts of Israelis and Jews converging on Ukraine now just partying in the streets, having a great time. They're going to take over that country. They may even move out of the Middle East and move up right up there, right next to Russia, because that would be a strategically good thing for them to do. This may be about bringing about the destruction of Israel. I mean, Palestine has got more support than it's ever had at the moment because of the sheer brutality. And you've got to wonder, what is their motivation in that? Why would they expose themselves to the world so much? As much as what they're doing, I mean, it's saying it's self-defense and all the things they're doing, 
Um, either Netanyahu really thought he could pull this off, or this is the planned controlled demolition of the state of Israel. One of the two, I mean, it's hard to figure out which one. But if if Israel is being destroyed, then again, they've got a place to retreat to now in Ukraine because they've just depopulated Ukraine. It's been outrageous, the uh, amount of people that have died in Ukraine. And that's gone completely out of the news now. That was in our faces for the last year, and now it's completely out of the news. But it got so bad. I mean, they were um, getting calling up anybody from 16 to 80 to go to the front in uh, in Ukraine. And then they started calling up women. They even created special body armor for pregnant women to wear. Oh, my God. On the front. I mean, this is next level. Pregnant woman army. You're sending pregnant women <laughs> into a battle so zone. What is wrong with this picture, you know? And I've got a video of, of like beautiful Ukrainian women just dead in trenches, dying on the front. Um, a lot of them are probably taken off and sold into porn or whatever. Um, so they've depopulated a lot of Ukraine. So Israel does have a place to retreat to now as well. And, you know, if the Kazarian stories have any truth to them, then that's where a lot of them came from. Anyway, I mean, a lot, even the people who run the Israeli government, they're not, not Israelis. They're from Poland. They're from Australia. They're from Romania. Like, they're all Europeans and, and from other places. None of them are actually Semitic Jews. So uh, it could be that. It could be that's what they're doing. But I don't think Israel is going to survive this. I really don't. I think that Israel has showed its hand. will never get the respect or the sympathy that it once had. They can't continue using the Holocaust as an excuse to give them sympathy because they've just committed an atrocious Holocaust themselves in Gaza. As much as we're not allowed to use that word, we're not allowed to say all these things. People are saying, well, I don't care if I'm not allowed to. Uh, I'm going to say it anyway. So it seems almost like the controlled demolition of the state of Israel. It really does. I don't think it will survive this uh, this event. The only thing that's keeping it going is, is US funding at the moment. So... Um, if you could do something about the government in your country, it would be really, really I wish good. I could. I wish I could, the... Max. <laughs> <laughs> it would, you know, to solve the world situation. But what do you do? I mean, you've got these people. Look, you've got people to vote for. Even Trump says he's going to completely support this. Biden supports it. RFK supports it. They all support Everyone it. Everyone does. So, so what is the deal? Because they're all funded by them, you know? Well, but when you well, look at... they're all funded at... by them. They will have the hold the purse strings. They're all tied to the international bankers. I mean, you saw what just happened to that that Palestinian uh, woman who spoke out about it. She's been fired, blah, blah, blah. You know, if if you speak out about this and you're a high-level politician, then your career will not last. It's as simple as that. That's why. Well, it's just incredible. We're seeing past this. I mean, nobody... Well. You've got to understand. Oh, you cut out there with for a all... Go ahead. Yeah, with all the with all of the uh, you know, you don't even get to hold office unless they've got dirt on you. This was on the whole Epstein thing was about. I mean, how many people visited Epstein and got video with young women and young boys or whatever? And you know, with everything that happens through that, well, we get Epstein, we get Ghislaine Maxwell. No, we want the list. We want the people who went there because these are all people in powerful positions in the world, and they're all compromised. You got videotapes of them having sex with underage kids, and we want to know who all these people are. That's why. They all support Israel because if they don't, well, there's going to be some little video appear on the internet that's going to show you doing something that you probably shouldn't have done. That's why everybody is controlled, darling. It's it's one big club, and if you're not in the club, then you don't get to make it to any position of power. Yeah, the blackmail is a powerful is the currency of the powerful. You know, we are people are seeing through this though in masses. 
And, you know, even by saying that the Muslim, their culture, we, we're not like them or more like the Israelis, people are seeing through that as well, because women can't vote there, which I don't like. Women are treated not as good in a lot of those countries, which I don't like, but that's not enough to want to kill them. I mean, hello, that's yeah. not enough. And so people are seeing through that. There was a young boy, 17 years old. I think he's a kid who uh, was cheering when the hostages were released and they killed him. The Israeli soldiers killed him. And the BBC hmm. was doing an interview with, with one of the spokespersons, the deputy minister of Israel. And she said that in the, the BBC reporter was kind of appalled, like, what, 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 do you really think that that was necessary? And she made this point that the agreement was there would there was to be no cheering when the hostages were released. And that is not true. The, the deal was not that. That's what they said. Israel came out and said, there will be no cheering. The, nobody else agreed to that. The deal didn't have it in it. And that's what she legitimately used on television to say that it was okay to kill this young boy who was happy about hostages being released. How insane is yes, that? Yes, probably his family had been released. Yeah, probably his family. There's over 10,000 Palestinians that are held hostage that are held in Israeli jails, over 1,000 children. You know the day they released 117 Palestinian hostages, who they say aren't hostages, these are, these are criminals we've released, you know, um, but the day they released those 117 people, they went into West Bank and they kidnapped 116 people from West Bank. Nobody See, knows that's that. that's the stuff that the media does not cover. They have no yeah. idea. People yeah. here have no idea unless yeah. they are and they, watching you and other people. Go ahead. Yeah, and they say that, oh, no cheering, no this, no that. They said, no, only family members can be there, this sort of stuff. They also hit them with tear gas at the meeting. Like people were there when they were meeting the Israeli hostages. There was parties, there was cheering, there was cameras. With the Palestinians, like they shot that one 17-year-old. Um, they, they hit them with tear gas as well. They didn't want them enjoying this release at all. They do but they could. They, they were cheering. Right? They were oh, yeah, cheering. Because they're not. Because they're and, Israel, they're not terrorists. Everybody who fights against their oppression is a terrorist, remember. That's the way it works, you know. If you say anything against like Israel, you're a terrorist or a terrorist supporter or you're anti-Semitic. It's incredible. Yeah, you know? what do you think about the fact that they keep using the Holocaust? Because I have some people who've fought back at me who said that, you know, this is, they've always been persecuted and all these things. And they use the Holocaust as a way to trigger your emotion to side with the Israelis. Isn't that a little bit stale now? It's been what, 70, 80 years. Why would something that happened 80 years ago warrant them to be able to do anything they want? Because that's why they created it. That's what it's all about. That's why they've perpetuated the story. That's why you still have Holocaust survivors from an event 80 years ago. No, the way they do it is if if my parent was in in a death camp in, involved in Nazi Germany, then that makes me a Holocaust survivor. That's the way they do it. They're just going to keep playing this. They'll play this for the next 300 years if you give them a chance to. They'll still be calling themselves Holocaust survivors. You know, and we don't even want to get into that topic or I may get you in trouble. But uh, I can't find any evidence to support any any of that official narrative at all, honestly. Uh, I've visited all the camps in Germany. I can't find anything to support it. I also find it incredibly interesting that they made the same claim in World War One, but no one believed them. A lot of people don't know that, but they did. They claimed 
six million Jews were, were murdered by in camps by Germany in World War One. No one believed them. They claimed it again in 1921 or 1927, one of the two. They said the six million Jews were about to be exterminated in Russia and we need to go and invade Russia. And uh, then in World War Two, they made the claim again. And by then they owned all the media and people sort of believed it. But I can't find anything to support it. If you look at the national census figures, international census figures, you find that the Jewish population around the world actually grew by 4.5 million people in between 1938 and 1948, which is a very time we were told 6 million of them were exterminated in Nazi death camps. It seems interesting that the population would have grown by 4.5 million during that time. So, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's a, it's a delicate topic, but it's something that they always use. Um, the Holocaust and anti-Semitism, if you criticise them, uh, it's anti-Semitism. And if you start winning any argument at all against their actions, their criminal actions, their military actions, what they're doing in Gaza or anything, you start winning, you start producing points that they can't argue against. That's the first thing they do is say, no, 80 years ago, there was a Holocaust and we were killed and we're never going to tolerate this again. And they will shout you down. They will come down in with this wholesome, righteous anger like it's supposed to be, but it's not. It's a ploy. It's a ploy to shut you up. And when that happens, everyone goes, oh, okay, I better not say anything. And they continue to get away with their crimes. It's all designed well, to be this way, darling. Well, when people push back and say, yeah, but you're killing innocent civilians, and then they say, well, blame Hamas. And it's like, well, mm. yeah, but you shouldn't you be better than that? If they're a terrorist organization, you should be better than that and be able to not do the same thing. But then the other thing they come back with is everyone is guilty in Palestine. Everyone in Gaza is guilty, as if the six-month-old yeah. is guilty. Yeah. They will say they will say that the people in Gaza voted for Hamas. Hamas is ISIS. They voted for a terrorist organization. Well, hang on. The population of Gaza, the average population in Gaza, average age is 17. 50% of the population are 14 years old or younger. They didn't vote for Hamas. The women don't vote. They didn't vote for Hamas. 75% of the population is 17 years old or, or younger. They vote for Hamas because they were four years old at the time or whatever, two years old at the time. So, seven, so at least 25% of the population left. Like I said, half of them are women. They didn't vote for Hamas. So that's 12.5% of the population that possibly had anything to do with it. Hamas won by 4% of the vote. So And then they had to seize power by force because no one actually wanted to let them in the building. And while they were seizing power, there were Israeli troops standing around on the corners watching them seize power. So with 46% or 4% of the vote they won out of that 12.5%, that, that means 6% at best of the people in Gaza today had anything to do with putting Hamas in power. So to say that Palestinians voted for Hamas is an absolute and outright lie. It's not true. Only 6% of the population could have possibly had anything to do with it. So this is stuff that people don't uh, don't really take into account. But even when you look at Benjamin Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu said we need to keep Hamas well-funded if you want to prevent yeah. a Palestinian state from happening because they get to declare Hamas as a terrorist organization. Therefore, there's no peace process. There's no talks. There's no negotiations. The Palestinian Authority and Yasser Arafat and all these people were working towards a two-state solution, trying to come to some sort of agreement to stop the war. That's why Israel brought Hamas in there as opposition to Yasser Arafat's Fatah party, so that they could have a, a 
terrorist organization in there so there could be no peace process. The only thing to do is stage this attack on October 7th. And like, you know, like I said, hand gliders coming over the wall and, and all this stuff. Seven hours or eight hours, this place is unattended, one of the most secure borders in history. And, and then 12 hours later, Benjamin Netanyahu comes on TV and declares this is a war, blah, blah, blah. And then they respond with absolutely carpet bombing every single piece of Gaza Strip. Like they've gone right down North Gaza, Gaza City. They've leveled almost every single building in the whole place. You've got like 47,000 buildings destroyed. 1.4 million people are now homeless. They bomb the refugee camps. They send them off to refugee camps and they bomb the refugee camps. Send them to schools. They bomb the schools. Send them south. They bomb south. They bomb everything. They're pushing them all down into Khan Yunus. Now they and they said that the Hamas base is in northern Gaza. So that's where we need to go in. Oh no, it's in our Shif Hospital, which is in central Gaza. So we need to go there. Now they're saying the real base is in Khan Yunus. So they're just going further and further south. As soon as they bombed Khan Yunus to smithereens, they'll say, we've found that the real Hamas headquarters is actually in Rafa, and they'll go and bomb the southernmost point of Gaza as well. They just want to force everybody out, and um, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. I mean, but the world is paying attention. Like I said, I don't think they will survive this. I really don't. But the whole thing has been a ploy. I mean, you cannot tell me this wasn't staged by Israel. Even just a few weeks before, there was that UN meeting where Bibi Netanyahu held up the map and there was no Palestine on the map. I saw you know, that. From the river to the sea. They say this is anti-Semitic to say from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And yet Israel says all the time, we will own everything from the river to the sea. Apparently, it's not racism or anything when Israel says it. They're not calling for genocide of the Palestinian people. But if the Palestinians say it, then they're calling for the genocide of all Jews. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Everything they say is backwards. And something that I've learned with, with Israelis and with the IDF is that every accusation is uh, a confession. There were no rapes. There were no babies beheaded. None of this stuff happened. But I would suggest that's what the IDF are doing to the Palestinians when they go in there. They'd be brutalizing and terrorizing these people uh, to a, a ridiculous level. And they kidnap their children all the time. They rape their women. They, they do terrible things to the Palestinian people, harvest their organs. Um, Israel is so cruel that if a Palestinian uh, person is is arrested and sentenced to 10 or, or 20 years in jail, this one guy threw a rocket a tank. He got 17 years in jail, oh, was kept in solitary for most of his life, came out with severe psychological problems that they released them. But if, he, if, if someone dies in an Israeli jail, they will put their body into a freezer and they will keep it until their sentence is up, just to traumatise the family a little bit more. Half the time they won't even tell them that their child has died. When it is the release date, they'll simply bring out the body and give it to the parents. And this body they might have kept in a freezer for five years. Even if they're dead, they will make them serve wow. out their sentence. You know? What do you it's think incredible. about... And, oh, go ahead. It's incredible. And they're... And they're, they're Taught that Palestinians are animals. You've heard them say this many times over yes. the last month. These are these are animals, yeah, and that's the way it is. The school children, school children, singing about how we will annihilate Gaza. We will be the, the the victory generation because we're going to annihilate Gaza, and in a year from now we can go safely home. And you know, it, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. School children singing about annihilating other school children. School children go and sign the bombs. Love from Israel. You know, they tie pork chops to the bombs and drop them in there so that the, the Muslims get pork on them because you're not allowed to consume pork. Everything they can do to 
even in death, they will they will abuse them. They will insult them. I've got video of them urinating on Palestinians, driving over their bodies, stabbing them with axes after they're dead. Everything they can. It's, it's hideous. They view Palestinians as less than human, and they're, they're raised on this. And they say, you know, the Palestinians are trained to hate the Israelis. It's the other way around. The Palestinians don't hate the Jews because they're Jews. They hate them because of the oppression. Yeah, it wouldn't matter if they were Jews. It wouldn't matter if they were freaking American Indians. It doesn't matter who it is. It's the fact that they're oppressing them. It's a legal and 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 um, moral war. It's not a religious war. And that's why they're saying all these protests around the world are all you know right wing Hamas supporters, and they're trying to turn it into a religious war and put East against West. Palestine is a perfect tool to do it. And it's it's imperative that people understand that this is not a religious war. It's got nothing to do with religion. It's not Muslim against Jew. It's it's oppression against the oppressed. That's what it is. Well, let me ask you, do the Palestinians train their children to hate Jewish people? Is that truth? Because there is media thing after media thing talking about how awful the Palestinians are. Because And this is why no child is innocent, because they're trained to hate the Jewish people. Is that it's true? It's the other way around. But is it's, it, it's the well, other way around. It, but it, you haven't seen Like I said, every, every accusation is a confession. Every accusation is a confession. And all of the videos that you see, what do you really think Hamas are making these propaganda videos and putting them out there? No, they're made by Israel. It's not that there's a propaganda video out there of Hamas digging up water pipes and turning them into rockets. If that's what they were doing, do you seriously think they'd be making videos and showing you? You know, no, these are Israeli made videos. That's the thing with Hamas, you know. They've got these balaclavas and these, you can't see who it is. And Israelis and Palestinians look exactly the same. All you got to do is learn Arabic and get a couple of Kalashnikovs and go out and make one of these videos and sell it for whatever you want. It's like the propaganda video of them coming over in paragliders. This is not Hamas. This is These are Israeli propaganda videos. I've been to Palestine. I've met the people there. They're the kindest, most gentle, most humble, most wonderful people I ever met. I mean, I've traveled to a lot of countries. That's why it's so personal for me because out of all the places that I've been, honestly, the nicest people, the most humble, the most helpful the kindest and most supportive people I've ever met have been Palestinians and uh, just gentle people, almost childlike people in their innocence. And so that's they, what they, infuriates just, saw, me about this so much. So you saw no evidence whatsoever of them training their children in schools to hate the Jewish people. No. So that no, was completely made up whole cloth. Yeah, I, I went to the schools. I spoke to the children. There's videos of me with, with dozens of school children around me. Uh, I went to the schools. I went to the universities. I, I, I spent a little bit of time there, and I, I met as many people as I could. And um, no, I didn't see any evidence of that at all. Um, I saw people who were just desperate to to live like everybody else. The people I spoke to in the schools, most of the people in the university, their main uh, course is learning English. They want to learn how to speak English because it's a universal language. And then I can go out and I can tell the world we're just normal people. We're not terrorists. We just want to live like other people in the world. That's all we want. That's all we ask for, just to live our lives in dignity like everybody else. That's all I saw in Palestine, you know? Well, at this point, they've completely raised at least northern Gaza. Is mm. it even inhabitable? I mean, unless the world comes in and fixes it up and allows them to come back, isn't it pretty much gone? It's pretty much like a moonscape, northern Gaza, like all through Gaza City. Like 47,000 buildings destroyed. Yeah. And people got to understand, Gaza Strip is, is 
It's 25 miles long. The widest part of it is about five miles wide. Most of it is only about a mile and a half to two miles wide. Yeah. How much do you think can survive these bombing campaigns? Israel was dropping a bomb, uh, like 100 and, 142 bombs a day, ridiculous amounts. It was, I worked it out, it was like every 46 about every 90 an seconds, hour or something, right? Yeah, 46 an hour, like every 90 seconds, they're dropping a bomb on, on Gaza. It's just, how does anyone survive? He's got children just shaking, just shaking from days and days and days of bombs, little tiny children. It's it's outrageous. There's no way to justify this. There's absolutely no way to justify this. Like I said, I don't think Israel can survive this. I really don't. That's why there's so much propaganda on Twitter and everything. It's just blasting you with, you know, this and this and this and, oh, poor Israel, photos of children up everywhere. All around the place, photos of children that have been kidnapped by Hamas. Try to get you to focus on Israeli children that have been kidnapped so you won't focus on the Palestinian children that are being murdered. And I would suggest half of these photographs, these are CGI, I don't even think half of them are even real. I just don't believe anything I hear from Israel anymore. Too many lies, way too many lies, you know, so... Isn't um, there a huge yeah. faction in Israel that agree with you at this point? They're starting. I mean, they there obviously is. They, yeah, obviously they support their yeah. own country, but they are like horrified too. Uh, the majority of the people in Israel mm. are horrified by what's happening again. That's what I have been reading from when I can get to things. Mm. Is that true? Is that something that you've seen? Or do you? I think so. I think it is. I mean, about if you look at uh, Netanyahu's support, I think he's got about four percent. Support from his country for this uh, incursion. It's incredible. Gaza. During war, yeah, and even even with the support. well, even with the protests, you see hundreds of thousands of people. Three hundred thousand people in London were protesting for Palestine. The other day, there was a protest there for for Israel. There was fifty thousand people at it, and I've got reports here that show that Israel is actually putting out ads saying they'll pay you two hundred and fifty dollars to come to a protest, plus pay your expenses to get there and back. So wow. you know, it shows that the support really isn't there. But they want to, you know, they own the media. They they run the propaganda everywhere. I mean, thank God for what Elon Musk has done. I don't trust Elon Musk, but thank God he's allowed free speech on Twitter. So there's people like me that can actually post stuff that, that uh, you know, fights back against this. Because everything I'm seeing on Twitter, what well, doesn't matter what claim they make. I've got so much information coming to me from Gaza because I've got friends in there. I've got so much video footage and so much stuff that whatever claim they make, I can counteract it with the post. And I thank Elon Musk for allowing us to be able to do that. At least we're hearing both sides of the story on these platforms such as Twitter. So that's a good thing. But, um, yeah, like I said, I don't think they can survive. And and the propaganda, the level of propaganda they've got to resort to to try to justify this and the fact that they're going to draw it out as long as they can because that's the only way people are going to accept it. They've got to kind of get people to get used to it and get sick of protesting about it, get all these protests to run out of steam. But they're not. People are keeping it going right around the world because, I mean, if you've got any compassion body at all, it's genocide. It's genocide against children, unarmed children. No matter what you think of Hamas, even if you believe the official story, and they say they've killed 1,000 Hamas combatants or 1,000 combatants, really. You've killed twenty or 30,000 civilians to kill these 1,000 combatants, and you're saying it's Hamas's fault? It's like if I, I was know. in a bank and I had 50 hostages what, are they going to blow up the bank rather than come and attack me? Just kill the 50 hostages because there's one terrorist in there? I mean, you know, it's it's well, not justified. Have... There's a better way to do things, you know? Well, the Hannibal elect- uh, uh, directive, right? That's hmm. where a colonel from the Israeli army said that 
the burnt cars and everything else, they were implementing a mass Hannibal directive because they didn't want hostages. What do you think about that? It just shows that this is, a, I mean, the Hannibal directive, this could only have been even thought up by a sociopath. It, it shows the mentality of the Israelis to me. We don't care. We're going to kill everybody. So you take hostages. We're going to kill all the hostages. We're going to kill everybody. You know, they've kind of justified this through the movies and programming and all the stuff that they've they've done through the years, you know, normalization and all this sort of stuff. Even now, like they're saying, they're going to bury the cars, the cars that were burnt, they're going to shred them for environmental, make them environmentally friendly, and they're going to bury the cars with the victims to preserve the sanctity of the victims. Mm. Well, you're not destroying evidence or anything, of course. You're not showing these cars couldn't have possibly been burnt and fired upon by Hamas because the bullet holes are the wrong size. And you've got these hundreds of cars, all, but where, where does Hamas possess this technology? Or do they fly over them in their air force and hit them with napalm or something like that? They don't have an air force. They don't have anything. And even with the paragliders, if they came over with paragliders, where did they do the paraglider training? What, Israel didn't notice this paraglider training happening behind this walled enclosure that they've got cameras on and guard towers all over? You know, it's ridiculous. So they're destroying evidence. Same as 9-11. As soon as 9-11 happened, they melted all the steel down and sent it off to China. No investigation. Israel's doing the same thing with the burnt cars to preserve the sanctity of the victims, of course, you know. Absolutely well, crazy. And They've lost control of the narrative because of the, the internet, I think, and that people are still, yeah. they can't completely shut us off from communicating and people seeing these pictures. So it seems like a lot of this stuff is backfiring, at least my experience and the what people are saying to me. But what do you think about the WikiLeaks? WikiLeaks found a document. It was actually published in uh, Israeli newspaper, and it was the plan by the Israel Ministry of Intelligence or something. It was their plan to clear out Gaza, move them to the Sinai Peninsula, and, and hire or work with the large, they call them large advertising firms which is probably, <laughs> I think it's just their way of talking about the mass media, in order to make this thing work. Have you, I'm assuming you've seen this document, and what do you think of it? No, it shows exactly what they're doing. It shows what the plan is. They've just got to create the excuse to do it. They even mentioned that, that we can push them all into the Sinai. They can live in tent cities. It's going to be great for them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, wonderful <laughs> life, you know. It's uh, And the thing is with the Palestinians, and so many people say, why do the Palestinians just leave? Why don't they take the opportunity to get out? Well, they can't. I mean, they've been saying that they've, you know, they, they should flee and go to the Sinai, but the border's closed. They bombed a rough crossing. They would like to genocide as many people as possible because they so, don't Hold, hold really on a second. Hold on. So basically the, the Gazans can't get out at this point? I thought they could still get out. No, or are no, they, they can't. stuck? They so can't. everyone's stuck. Well, so when they're going to start bombing the South, they because they, they say they're going to try to let them go, but they there's no place for them to go because the exits are all bombed and there's no way to get out. Exactly, yeah. I oh mean, the people, there's, there's Palestinian refugees coming into certain countries now, but most of them are coming from West Bank. There's very few that are able to get out of Gaza. I've got a friend who was in uh, just just north of, of Gaza City. Now he's down in Rafa, like as far south as he can go. His house has been bombed, his car's been bombed. He's there with his daughter living in a tent. With about fifty thousand people around him, it's it's absolute mayhem. No one's got enough food. No one's got enough water. They say there's aid trucks going in, and I said, "Have you seen any aid trucks?" He says, "As the people, we don't see any of it. We don't we don't know what's going on. We don't hear from Hamas. We don't hear from anything." They didn't even know that Hamas had made an incursion. All they knew was the bombs started falling. 
They don't have, have no clue why they're know. being bombed, why it's going on, why it's gone on so long, and uh, what's what's happening at all. But but yeah, all the all the, there's only three ways into Gaza. There's Eretz crossing in the north into Israel. There's Rafa crossing in the south, and there's a supply crossing which is in the south, and it's in the like the uh, eastern corner of, of Gaza, right on the on the Sinai border, and they're all closed. All those borders are closed. Um, even when they said people could leave Gaza, they were only letting foreign nationals out. They wouldn't let anyone with a Palestinian ID out through Rafa crossing, because uh, you've got to understand. People say, "Oh, that's that's." Egypt, when Egypt let them through, well, Rafa crossing is controlled by Israel. There's Egyptian guards there, sure, but there's big RVs with 50 cal machine guns with Israeli soldiers on them. I know I've been through that crossing. I've been right through the Sinai. There is Israelis on every single checkpoint through the Sinai, even if it's controlled by Egypt in, in name, you know. So they can't get out. <coughs> and they don't oh, want that's too a many big people deal. to get out. They don't want too many people to get out because they don't want, like, Two million people in the Sinai are suddenly complaining that they're refugees and and complaining about what's been done to them. Maybe a few thousand or whatever. We can shut them up, but they want to kill as many people as they can. That's the plan: is to kill as many people as they can. Even you've seen the Israeli T-shirts. They got a pregnant woman on there you know, and a crosshair on the on her stomach saying, um, "One shot, two kills." It's one of their favorite yes. T-shirts that the, that the IDF wear. You know. So um, and they say even the unborn babies are terrorists because they will grow up to be terrorists. So you're doing the world a favor by killing them. This is the the Israeli minister for for it was this woman. This is actually a woman said this a few years ago. You know that it's good to shoot pregnant women and good to shoot the children because they're going to grow up to be little terrorists. You know, it, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. This is the mentality of these people. They're literally trained to hate the Palestinians, and all the Palestinians want to do is live in dignity. And like I said, it isn't a, it, a war of Muslim against Jew, it's simply oppressor against the oppressed. And they just want to live like everybody else. And and they don't want them to. They want to kill as many as they can, force them into the Sinai, and that'll be it. Close the borders. You know, Hamas can never control Israel again. Well, you know, you put them in there to begin with. You know, in 1987, they were just like a shelf company more than anything else. And, you know, Israel put them in there, funded them, made sure they got power. And now they're doing exactly what they wanted. The highest levels, like I said, the highest levels of Hamas work with Israel. I'm sure the people on the ground, there are actual freedom fighters on the ground. Because, like I said, if you're in that situation, like I explained before, you know, you're a family, you, they soldiers come into your house, they throw you out. You're one of the, you're a little boy in that family. You're going to grow up and you're going to join Hamas and you're going to want to kill as many Israelis as you can because you watch them rape your mother. You watch them kill your brother. You watch them destroy your house. You watch them destroy your life and throw you out on the street. So they're creating militants by their actions. And you would do the same thing. I would do the same thing. I would. Thing. I'd get a if gun I was and a kid I'd be in that situation. Yeah. Absolutely. If I was a kid in that situation, and and you, you're growing up into that, and you've lived in rubble for years, been subject to brutality and terrorism by these people for years, yeah, you hate them. You hate them, and you want to kill as many as you can. People complain about the old days when the Palestinians suicide bombers and stuff. I say, well, you mentioned what it would take to drive you to that, how desperate you would have to be to strap a bomb to yourself and, and walk into some hotel just to kill as many of them as you can. What have they done to you? To make you feel like that, how many of your family members have they tortured and killed and brutalized them? What have they put you through to make you feel like that? You've really got to look at both sides of this story. And if that's the only weapon that you've got and your life is so desperate that you're willing to sacrifice it just to take a few of them out so they don't kill the rest of your family, 
you know, you can understand why people feel this way. And you've got to really ask that question. What would it take to drive you to that? What has been done to these people? Why can't there be any negotiation? Why can't there be any humanity between these people? You know, and, and sure, okay, if the Palestinians are trained to hate the Jews, well, let's look at that question. But I can't find any evidence of that. But if I go to Israel, I can find that the Jews are absolutely trained to hate the Palestinians. You know, it's all backwards. That's why I was so freaked out at some of the claims they were making about beheaded babies. Recent one that I saw, babies were killed and they were hung up on, on laundry lines, you know. All this bullshit that they're saying. Well, they came that was back. To me, that, that is what the Israelis are doing to the Palestinians, uh-huh. you know. Well, they came back in a minute. It wasn't true, but people are still repeating it as if it was. And they mm-hmm. all admit it. Yeah. So the baby thing, I still get that from the average person because they don't know. That's the problem with propaganda. They put all BS. They later will say that it was not accurate, but then all the people think it's still true because they didn't get the memo that was BS. And so they keep Well, repeating. the lady, there's a big news report. The lady was out there saying, oh, they found these behaviors. And then when she retracted the statement, it was a little comment on Twitter. There's no video. There's no news report. Oh, we would like to retract that statement. No, no they didn't put, put it on the TV. So unless people follow that reporter on Twitter, they're not going to see the retraction. Even Joe Biden, he, he just... Mentioned it casually. Oh, that was now we retracted that. That's all that you don't hear. And like you say, people, I saw one today. People posted today on Twitter, oh, beheading babies and raping women and all. There's no evidence to support any of that. I got so much evidence of Palestinian women being raped by Israeli guards. It's just ridiculous. But there's no evidence to support any of the stuff they've said. Even when you look at the, uh, like you say, the Hannibal directive, you've got tank crews saying, yeah, we went in, we were told, just shoot. And I'm saying, oh, there are Israelis there. It doesn't matter. Just shoot. You know, they were shelling houses with tanks. They had helicopter gunships. You got video footage of them literally shooting anybody running away from that, that music event, that rave party. They were shooting cars. They were shelling cars, shelling everybody, shooting everybody who was running. Well, they could be terrorists. Well, they're running. They could be Israelis who are running from the terrorists, if there even are any terrorists, if they weren't simply Mossad or IDF jumping around on, on paragliders with, with bandanas on their heads. Like I said, you can't tell. They've all got these masks on. You can't tell. You notice with the hostages as well, when they're handing the hostages over, I mean, Gaza's in absolute rubble. It's it's just devastated. And you've got these Hamas guys coming out perfectly clean outfits, not a speck of dust on them. They're coming out there and, and, and handing hostages over. I just wonder how much of this is theatre. I really do. I wonder how. Because Hamas say they don't have any hostages. So, yeah, I, I just don't know. I, I Hamas don't know what claims to that they don't so, have hostages? Yeah, there's made, they've made many claims saying they don't have hostages. But we're hearing, oh, Hamas said this and Hamas said that. If you actually get in contact with Hamas or you talk to anybody on the ground in Gaza, Hamas say they don't have any hostages. So now, even the tunnels under the Shifa. Yeah, <laughs> even the, the, the tunnels under Al Shifa. These were built by Israel back in 1983. They admit that. There was the former um, prime minister, Edward Barak, went on TV and said, yeah, we built all those tunnels. We built them so they would have extra room beneath the hospital and blah, blah, blah. They knew the complex was there because they built it themselves. And then then they arrived and they're taking these boxes of medical supplies into the hospital. Medical supplies. I expect Wiley Cody to be carrying them, have Acme medical supplies written on them. You know, and this is in Israel and Gaza, and you've got these, well, they speak Arabic and, and, you know, Hebrew, and you've got these boxes with medical supplies written on them in English, right, on all sides of the boxes, and they're carrying, like, just medical supplies, medical supplies. These are medical supplies, you know, see, 
you know. And then it took two days or three days before they started showing us what they found in the tunnels. Oh, yeah, right, you're taking all these boxes of medical supplies in and it takes you two days to set up the photo shoot so you can show us what's in the tunnels. And they're saying, oh, we're, we're going in to help the people. The people on the ground in, in our Shifa hospital say, so, no, they've got snipers positioned around a the building. They're taking out everybody, shooting doctors, nurses, patients, everybody. They gave them one hour to leave the hospital at gunpoint and they took babies out of the incubators, put them on the floor. There's been recent uh, videos that have come out of, of dozens of babies decomposing premature babies in our Shifa hospital that they just left on the floor because that's what the Israelis do. They just gave them an hour to leave at gunpoint. Yeah, and the doctors were the last to leave. They, they said, no, I'm staying with my patients, you know. It's it's incredible, darling. It's absolutely incredible what's going on. So there's a whole network of tunnels underneath Gaza. Was that all built by Israel? I don't think all of it was built by Israel. There's probably tunnels there Hamas built, undoubtedly. But we hear that the, the tunnels that are going coming up underneath schools in Israel. No, they're not. No, none of that sort of stuff. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there's tunnels there that Hamas store stuff in because, you know, like the size of Gaza, it's not very big. You haven't got a lot of places to actually hide, places to put anything. If you're going to have any arms at all, I'd say they'd be in tunnels. But the rockets that they send over there, like Qassam rockets that are made from pipes that are powered by fertilizer, they have no explosive warheads. All these videos that you see of rocket launches and all this, they don't have any of that sort of stuff. These are all Israeli propaganda films. Hamas doesn't have any of the equipment. They have Kalashnikovs. They have Qassam rockets. They have handguns. That's about it. Uh, anything, any explosive that they make is generally made out of fertilizer because it's all they've got. So, yeah, none of, it, none of it's true, Don. Where do you think this is going to end up then? I mean, you think Israel is in trouble here <laughs> because the world is seeing genocide and horrified. So where do we go? I mean, you can't go back now. And Gaza's pretty much destroyed. They're going to keep killing people. What, what's going to happen? Where well, are we going to be at a year from now? I don't think Israel is going to survive this. I really don't. I think that they've got to keep going. They've got to keep pushing the way they are in order to try to maintain face. They can't back down now. So, oh, okay, we'll, we'll you know, I know to back down would be to surrender to terrorism and all this shit that they're saying. But the more people they kill, the worse it's going to get for them. Uh, I would be surprised if Israel survives this. I mean, I've always had a lot of um, tolerance with what Israel's done. I've spoken out about it a lot. But with the whole Jewish question, and um, I've always said you can't blame all the Jews. I still think you can't blame all the Jews. It's it's mainly Zionists. That's but true. Yeah. what sympathy I had for Israel is gone, like gone. I will never trust the word of an Israeli ever again. I will never believe anything that comes out of Israel. Um, I won't beat around the bush in speaking about Israeli crimes anymore. I don't care if I get labelled anti-Semitic. Uh, I don't care what people say. I will continue to expose the crimes of this illegitimate rogue terrorist state, which is what it is. Uh, I wouldn't have done that a month ago. I wouldn't have said that. And I would suggest there are tens of thousands of people around the world who are thinking exactly the way I'm thinking. Uh, Israel has overstepped itself. It's, it's lost all credibility. It's lost all respect. There'll be no sympathy for this state anymore. Uh, even if you want to believe the official narrative of World War II, Israel has become what it hated most about that narrative. That's right. So there's no denying that now. Israel is, is the terrorist state 
of the world. It's a rogue state. It's completely out of control. The Israeli government is out of control. Um, we're seeing our own politicians as the criminals they are for supporting this, which is why you're going to see more violence erupting in our own countries, not just this clash of civilizations that is happening from the, the migrant invasion, but you're going to see a lot of people thinking, well, we've had enough of this. Uh, the only way to uh, reclaim our world is for us to stand up and reclaim it. Now, this could lead to um, civil war right around the world of people simply holding our politicians to account. They're trying to distract us all with this theatre of, of larger wars, Russia and China, World War Three, and all this sort of stuff. But that's not even kicking off the way they want it to. I mean, it would take Donald Trump to get Iran and start that war for that to even happen, I think. But um, they're trying to push it, but I don't think they're going to win. I think that this might be the time that the... The people in the, of the world see the writing on the wall. We actually stand up and do something about this criminal cabal that has usurped control of all of our governments, and it has. All of our governments uh, run by this same cabal, and it's out of control. So maybe this is an opportunity for us to stand up and do something about that. Maybe that wow. will happen. That's my great hope anyway. Yeah, and I hope we hold the people who are truly accountable accountable. We don't go around, we're not going to create another Holocaust of the Jews. We want to be very specific on who is responsible and that's who goes down not any a whole ethnic group because i just don't think well, it's a whole, go ahead ultimately our governments are responsible for supporting it but but if you want to get beyond that we are responsible for allowing our governments to do what they do and and not view this as what it is as i've said you you got to stop looking at the world as nations and countries it's one worldwide criminal cabal, multinational, multi-generational criminal cabal disguised as a series of governments and nations. And we need to identify that fact and realize that they're all working together. You know, this whole thing, when you put it on a global stage, it's all about control of everybody. Uh, the more instability they can create in our own countries, the more they lock us down and until we become West Bank and Gaza Strip. You know, West Bank and Gaza is a, a system of surplusing and warehousing human beings. And uh, as I've said, if we do not deal with Palestine, Palestine is the greatest moral dilemma in the world today. And if we do not deal with it, then the way of Palestine will be the way of the world. And that's what we are seeing unfolding in all of our countries now. And it's a huge opportunity for us to stand up for ourselves and just become human again. Time to grow up, darling. We don't That's need right. parents. This is the thing. We think our governments are our parents. So ultimately, if you want to know who's to blame for this, we've just got to look in the mirror. Really, it's our failure to take responsibility for ourselves. You know, if we can start to support the people around us and help the people around us be the best we can be and all that we can be and, and, and be a shining light in our community, do the right things, the moral compass, and always follow that moral compass, We'll change the world extremely quickly. Maybe this is an opportunity for us to do that rather than pointing the finger and saying, it's the Jews, it's Israel, it's it's our government. I mean, it is, it's all of those things. But ultimately, it's us for failing to take responsibility for ourselves. That might be a difficult thing for people to come to face with, but it's an opportunity for us to do it. We can all become adults now because look what's going to happen to us if we don't. And by becoming adults, Maybe we can save the children of Gaza because no one else is going to do it. Our governments aren't going to do it. it doesn't matter how much you petition them. You know, stop paying taxes to them. Stop supporting them. Identify them as war criminals. Tell them to get out of the building. If they won't leave, throw them out and institute a new government in all of our countries. I would love to see that happen. But, you know, what's it going to take? 
Hopefully, this is all it's going to take. Hopefully, the sacrifice of the Palestinian people will motivate the people of the world to grow up because that's what we need to do. Well, what do you think about um, Acapulco? Let's switch topics a little bit because we're talking about the same people, but now they targeted a different area. And <laughs> Acapulco had a hurricane, which I want you to talk about, but it the, it landed right where your house is, which is incredible. You were like the target, the eye of the hurricane was Max's house. But yeah, it's so, remarkable. It's incredible. So what? Why do you think Acapulco? I mean, nobody even knew about it. It was a five, you know, Cat Five hurricane. Nobody got a warning, and then it just and it, it hasn't really hit the media or anything. It's the weirdest because there's so much going on that a whole major city being but destroyed it, by a Cat 5 doesn't even really make the news. It's crazy, and they'll tell you if there's a bad storm going on because they want to push their climate agenda. It's remarkable that no one knows what, what went on in Acapulco. And that afternoon, it was just a tropical storm, and it dropped to a Category 5 hurricane in no time, like record time. I think if you look at the records, it's the fastest intensifying hurricane in world history. And I think it's the only Category 5 hurricane to ever hit a populated area. And nobody heard about it. Nobody knows about it. I was actually supposed to come home that night. I was going to be home that day. And I was, that was going to be my first night home because I was in the United States. And I changed my mind. I went to Texas instead and, and stayed with a friend in Texas for a few days. And that night, like you say, it hit my house. It's remarkable that it would land precisely where my house is. Uh, incredible. But um, it was definitely not natural, absolutely natural. They had a major hurricane hit Puerto Vallarta and a major hurricane hit um, uh, Acapulco and a major hurricane hit Cabo, all within a, a matter of, of weeks. These are three main tourist areas in Mexico. I think maybe because the Mexican government isn't complying with the globalists as much as they like them to, and perhaps it's a little bit of a warning for them. And we've seen what they did in Lahaina as well. So these weather weapons are very, very real. Acapulco is like devastated. Like I said, I'm, I'm sitting here with a really tenuous connection with a USB tethered to someone's cell phone so I can actually get signal via Starlink. So thanks, Elon, for that one as well. And like I said, I still don't trust Elon Musk, but he's come to the rescue for a, a couple of things in the last week anyway, so credit for that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's devastated. I'm actually going to go and do a walk in the Secret Garden today, which is where I always do my walks. And it's it's obliterated. So I'm just going to go down there and just do a walk and talk through the ruins and see what it looks like. I haven't actually been down there yet since I got back to Acapulco, but the the, the place is pretty pretty total. A um, lot of lot of damage to buildings, a lot of homeless people, a lot of roofs destroyed. I almost wonder as well. Like Acapulco used to be the jewel of Mexico. A lot of rich people, a lot of rich. Uh, tourists used to come here. Elvis Presley used to come here. Elizabeth Taylor, Frank Sinatra, everyone came to Acapulco, Sammy Davis Jr., all these people. And then it became uh, kind of got taken over by cartels, got a reputation as a bad, violent, dangerous town. And something that the hurricane has done is it's wiped out all of the substandard housing. It's wiped out everything. A lot of the big high-rises are still there. Some of them have got structural damage, but most of them are okay. And it wouldn't surprise me if they're going to rebuild Acapulco into a more expensive tourist destination the way it used to be. It'd be a great opportunity for them to do that as well. So that wouldn't surprise me. And the hurricane was um, Hurricane Otis. And Otis means wealth. So mm. you've got to wonder about that. Um, 
perhaps it, it's just a way of them restructuring Acapulco. Perhaps the Mexican government was involved. I don't know. Or perhaps it was a warning towards the Mexican government as well. Uh, interesting that the uh, the uh, president of Mexico has been pretty good. Um, he banned chemtrails. He banned GM food. He didn't have any COVID restrictions. Like he could come in here without a vaccine or a PCR test or any of that sort of stuff. So he didn't play the game with the globalists at all. But he's coming up for election. Uh, there's another election early next year. And I don't think this president can serve another term. And the new president, the forerunner, happens to be a woman who is a, a Jewish woman. So mm. that might change things. You might see a lot more support for the genocide of Gaza if this woman gets in power. So they're kind of taking over anywhere. Like, like I said, you know, even in America, 2% of the population, 2 to 5% of the population are Jewish, but they run 84% of the politics. It's pretty much like that right around the world. Even the um, libertarian that just got uh, elected in Argentina, what's his name, Javier Meyer or something like that, just got elected in Argentina as on a libertarian platform, you know, anarcho-capitalism, everything that we want to do, you know, anarchist is self-rule, you know. So I think he's gone in there, he's going to make a complete dog's breakfast out of uh, libertarianism and he's going to show the world why it's such a failure and why they shouldn't do any of that sort of stuff. He's a staunch supporter of what's going on in Israel as well. But, of course, he wouldn't have been elected if he wasn't. Same as a new guy in the Netherlands who was a complete outsider, suddenly came in, took the podium. Uh, he's a complete supporter of the state of Israel as well. So they're doing what they can to try to garner support for what they're doing. And um, Mexico really isn't part of the club. So I think that's what a lot of the hurricane has been about, trying to get Mexico into that club, you know? Well, I have my family's from Mexico. My husband's from Mexico. He's uh, a dual citizen. He was born in Mexico. So I, I get to know, I know quite a bit about Mexico, at least through him. I haven't lived there like you have, but I was really impressed with how they dealt with COVID. They seemed like they were the free country. And, mm. you know, there were villages in, there were doctors trying to go to villages. I remember these stories of doctors trying to go to villages in uh, Mexico and they were met by guns and said, get the hell off our land. And no one died yeah. out of these villages. You know, they were, they, they've seen too much. These people have seen too much. So they don't trust. Yeah. But did mm, people, I like that about Mexico. I like yeah. the fact that if the government steps out of the line, the people just push back and the politicians won't push too hard because if they do, the people will kill them. So I, I like that. I think it's a good way to be, you know. Well, after experiencing everything they experienced, now did a lot of people die in Acapulco? I mean, how bad was that? Or was it more just destruction of the buildings and things? More destruction than anything. I mean, I think a few people, maybe a couple hundred people died. I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, some reports were coming out saying, oh, there's bodies on the streets. and rah, rah, rah. Maybe there was. I don't know. But um, I haven't actually been into Acapulco itself. I drove through. It's pretty devastated. You know, a lot of the buildings are pretty trashed. Uh, a lot of damage. There's no trees left anywhere. It's just incredible. The views are incredible from up on the hill and stuff. I can see all this stuff that I couldn't see before, you know. I didn't know a helicopter pad was there. I didn't know that building was there, you know. So uh, it's it's kind of like that. And everything's green again. It's all starting to come back. But even outside in the yard here, all the trees are just trashed. My, the mm. street out the back of my house, you couldn't even drive on it. It was like knee deep in just just branches and twigs and just torn up trees and stuff. But a lot of it's coming back. 
Um, I don't think there was really that much death. Um, more destruction. A lot of homeless people, a lot of desperate people, a lot of crying. They've lost everything. They're not going to be able to rebuild. They can't afford to rebuild. A lot of really expensive homes in expensive areas are just obliterated. Um, they should have not used steel frames. They should have done concrete or whatever. But uh, it's a bit of a lesson for them. But uh, I don't think there's been too many deaths, mainly destruction, uh, loss of communication. Like we still don't have communication here. That's why I've got this bodgy cell phone Starlink setup going on, just so I can talk to you. But um, where can people find you? You people need to follow you. You you I I find your work is not only entertaining, but you get to see information that you just won't see elsewhere. Oh, thank you, darling. It's really nice to get that positive feedback. Um, you'll find me at thecrowhouse.com. If you just click the face to enter, then you'll see the links where I am. I'm mean, on Telegram, I'm on BitChute, I'm on Odyssey, I'm on Rumble. Uh, I've been kicked off YouTube, kicked off Facebook, kicked off most places, like banned oh, yeah. almost everywhere. I'm amazed they let me back on Twitter. And um, again, that's, that's great that that's happened. But um, go to thecrowhouse.com, thecrowhouse.com, click the face to enter. You'll find links there. I'm on, I'm on Gab. Twitter, uh, not Facebook. Uh, I've been kicked off here. I've been kicked off um, YouTube, kicked off Facebook, kicked off uh, LinkedIn, kicked off SoundCloud, iHeart, iTunes, um, just about everywhere. So I'm amazed that I've actually still got places that I am there. So that's where you'll find me. And, and thanks for that. I mean, it's it's great. I try to keep it entertaining and try to keep it informative. I mean, sometimes I make mistakes. I think we all do. But um, it's, it's really just about trying to improve human consciousness. I mean, I see all of this as a time of huge opportunity for the human species. I really do. Even with what's going on in Gaza, like I said, it's it's a huge opportunity for us to grow up and call these criminals out for what they're doing. Then petition them. Just say, what do you think you're doing? Why do you think you have the position to do this? Why do you think that you're even valid if you're supporting these types of war crimes? You can give us all the lip service you want. That's right. You're a criminal. I'm going to call you out as being a criminal. Show cause why you shouldn't be prosecuted for war crimes and get out of the building because we can do a lot better than what we're doing. And you know, every single problem that exists in the world today has been legislated to exist. All the hard times and red tape we've got to climb through to try to fix these problems has been legislated to exist. I think there's a clue there. You know, we can do better. We can do better. And this is a time of huge opportunity. And that's what I've tried to do with the shows over the last 16 years is to just bring people information that they need to have, shine a light on the darkness, but also empower them to, to be able to change themselves. Because as soon as we change ourselves and step into our moral compass, the system has to change around us. We don't even need to build a new system. There's nothing inherently wrong with this system. It's only dysfunctional because we're prepared to step outside our moral compass in order to comply with legislation, which has been put in place by criminals. And we're, we're not going to identify that. We're just going to petition them and hold signs up and say, please do the right thing. No, they're not going to. They've already the ones who created this whole situation. So this is an opportunity for us. And so, yeah, that's what I've tried to do over the years. I think that's really what it's all about. And, and hopefully... People take that message on and they're able to change their own lives. And by doing that, they can become the best they could be and the best they can be. And that will ripple out around them. That's how you change the world. You do it from an individual viewpoint, an individual perspective. You know, I can't change the whole world stage out there, but I can change myself and influence the people around me into changing themselves into something better. 
and show them what a what a good person can be and do, and hopefully they will they will want to emulate that. And I think that's how that's how we change things, Tyler. But it's been great to come and have a chat to you. We've got to do it a little bit more often. Yes, we do. I can have you years or so. Yeah, exactly. Every eight years. So I will I'll definitely have you back. And I know that there's a lot of people that admire your work. So thank you so much for joining the program today. My pleasure, Dylan. Anytime. Stay in touch. And um, great on, good on you for doing what you're doing. I mean, thank you for stepping up to the plate and being a voice for truth and a voice for light and a voice for empowerment of the people. We need more people to do it. And we need more women in this movement. We really do. And you're doing a great job. So thanks for having me on, Dylan. Anytime. Mm-hmm.